All right, everybody. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about this idea of equality in non-monogamy and I guess kind of what people think that should look like and the miss around it and what you should really be doing instead. So stay tuned. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. Here at Touch of Flavor, we teach non-monogamous folks how to overcome their obstacles and build thriving relationships. This podcast is about answering one question. How do you create loving, passionate, secure relationships outside the box, even if nothing has ever worked before? If you want to know the answer, you are in the right place. All of this information is 100% free. So please subscribe to and review our podcast. All right, folks. So we're shooting with yet another setup today. Maybe four times a charm because this is like the fourth different setup that we've done. Yeah. So we had a little while back... uh, you know, we've been testing, kind of trying to talk face to face, which we like, like the energy is better. And we've had a couple comments from like our audience on that. And it is definitely easier to have a conversation like we're face to face when we're face to face instead of sitting next to each other. And it was what we did when we podcasted originally, right? We before had the a, video, yeah. Before the video is we would sit across and it was a little bit easier a flow of conversation than trying to look at each other while sitting next to each other while also looking out at you folks. So that way, you know, we're, we're looking at you. So it's a, it's, it's better to get back into a place where we can sit face to face. The energy is amazing. And we had a recommendation for this setup, right? Yeah. So we had uh, a fan uh, actually say, Hey, I like you guys talking to each other, but I like seeing your faces. Uh, You know, it'd be great if you could shoot kind of cross at each other. And we were like, we don't have the setup to do that. And we were like, you know, we almost do. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this. The only real big question now uh, is whether or not my computer can bear two cameras <laughs> coming into it. Because last time we tested this, you got way out of sync. Um, we tested now. It seems like it's good. Um, Let's I updated. Well, I updated the software. There was an update about stuff hanging. So hopefully that solves the problem and we'll find out. But Today, we wanted to talk about equality in non-monogamy and this thing that we've been seeing a lot about people wanting their non-monogamous relationships to be equal. So do you kind of want to maybe introduce that and then we can go in from there? So, yeah. So what we end up seeing is we see folks who are like, okay, so I've got this partner here and I got this partner there and I've got to make these relationships you know, equal. I got to make them equal because equality is a good thing. And here's the thing. A lot of times equality is a good thing in, in, in many ways. We want equality. But what it ends up looking like is I'm trying to make my relationships look the same. And that ends up causing a lot of issues because our relationships aren't meant to be the same. So we've seen extreme things like maybe I need to get a divorce because I can't be married to two people and now those relationships can't be the same. Well, and this, so, okay. So yeah, so this is a really good topic. So I know when you and I were talking about this, that this actually 
kind of entered like the mainstream conversation non-monogamy you felt like a few years ago with like one specific thing that happened do you want to like talk about that real quick yeah so there was a couple who was married and they had a incoming partner they created a triad and then years later um he the the, the husband and wife divorced so that way he could marry the other partner and i remember seeing like it wasn't just in the non-monogamy space at the Mm-mm. time. I remember seeing a lot of like really hyped up articles in the general media of like he divorced his wife to marry his girlfriend, like yes, stuff like yes. that. So it, it was it was like it was like on the Facebook news feeds and stuff, and it was really hyped up. And when you get below the surface, like what happened was they did this for medical insurance purposes, right? Like his the the, the wife had her own medical insurance. She had really good health insurance. Um, He had really good health insurance. The incoming partner um, didn't. So the whole idea was, we'll get divorced, we'll get married, she'll get my health insurance. So there was this whole idea behind it. So there there is truth that like, there is differences in relationships based on things like marriage or how long you've been together and just, how, how society is constructed. But what we've kind of seen this morph into over the years, and this is something we've been running across a lot in the last few weeks, is this idea that relationships should be equal. And I wanted to find equality here. So in the last aborted time that we did this <laughs> where it didn't work, um, you know, one of the discussions you and I were having was about equality. And I think we came to a really good point on it, which is that the challenge with equality, right? And where that becomes a problem in relationships. So here's the thing, like, you know, all of us, and I think what the challenge is, right, is that, you know, our, our, the non-monogamy community as a whole, right, tends to be very invested in equality for all kinds of different people and all kinds of different situations and all kinds of different spaces. For very good reasons, too. Well, Yeah, of course. Right. Um, And, you know, like equality is a good thing. But I think the problem is what happens is we have this model that we develop as non-monogamous folks that equality is good and equality is good in most things that we're talking about. Right. But then we wind up playing a language game because the problem is When people start talking about equality in relationships, they're talking about equality in relationships the same way that they're talking about equality in terms of like race or gender opportunities or all kinds of different things, right? But what they're really talking about at the end of the day when you get past the label of equality is we're talking about people trying to make their relationships look the same. And thinking that making their relationships look the same is the way to make things fair and to make things work and to make things healthy. And that little definition, right, of equality and the shift of understanding that what people are really talking about behind using the word equality is, I want all of my relationships to look the same. That's where you really start to understand the challenges that come in. And I do want to talk about those because I think for most people, they're probably right now going, well, I mean, of course, equality is great. Like, we like equality. We just talked about that. So why wouldn't equality in our relationships 
be an awesome thing. So can you talk about that again from this understanding that like what people are saying when they're saying that and the way that we see it used where it causes problems is looking the same. Yeah. So the the issue is the sameness, right? It's the, well, I have a relationship of 10 years where, you know, we have kids and I've got another relationship of 10 weeks. I want to make those relationships look the same. Or I'm trying to spend the same amount of time with, you know, all of my partners, even though I've got four partners and there's only seven days in the week, right? So there there ends up being this struggle of trying to fit the relationships that you have into sort of boxes. Boxes, right? These 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 formed boxes. So that way they can look the same across the board. So that way this relationship, well, this relationship gets 2.5 days out of the week. This relationship gets 2.5 days out of the week. Um, if this relationship, we go out on these kinds of dates, I've got to make sure that I'm giving this partner the same kind of dates. And this idea of equal turns into, I have to have these things be the same. So, and I, this is really good. So I want to get a little more specific though, on some of the examples that we actually see this pop up. Cause you know, in generalities, it's kind of like, well, okay, you know, maybe that still makes sense, but um, I'll give a couple examples in different fields that we see, right? Um, I have a household and kids and a life with somebody where we're, you know, we're, we're entwined and we have shared responsibilities and shared things that we have to do as far as time. And I want to spend the same amount of time with this person as I do with my new partner. Okay. Well, the problem is you may be spending the same amount of time, but it isn't really the same amount of time because actually you're spending a bunch of your time doing unfun things, right? And life things and things with your kids and things like that. Whereas the time with this other partner is all fun. And I've even seen it where it's like, I'm spending two days and two nights with this partner, two days and two nights with that partner. But the two days and two nights is when you're working, right? And things like that. So you have it in that sense. So, okay. So I think the places that I see this happen a lot is I'll separate this out. And you tell me if you think I'm right here. Mm -hmm. Time, which we're talking about here, mm -hmm. right? And actually, before we go off that, we have a client right now who is a good example of that, if you want to just share that real quick. Um, yeah, so you're, you're talking about my dating client, right? Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> he's dating, and he's found a couple of partners that he's kind of like dating. He has one that he really, really connected with. And wanted to spend more than just like one day a week with this person, right? He was like, I want to start adding in a day. But because he gave this one person two days, he felt he needed to give the other two two days in order to be, in his words, equal. Like, that's right, right? Like, I, I want my relationships to be equal. So he gave it. So he really had six days out of the week that he had dates. And he and works. And he works. And has a life. And has lights and awesome, amazing hobbies and friendships and other things going on in his world. And he was getting completely burned out. And the truth was, you didn't even really want to spend the extra days with the other two partners. It was out of the idea of, well, if I'm giving this other relationship an extra day, I need to give these other two relationships an extra day. So time is one place that we really see this happen. This, this idea of equality winds up clashing with 
you know, trying to make the relationships the same winds up clashing. Right. Um, and I think I might use the word sameness from here out because yep. like I said, I, I think that's a better definition of what people are really talking about that causes problems. Um, I want to separate out just real quick for people, equality from fairness, mm-hmm. right? And we'll leave equality as kind of like the sameness. So there's that. The other place I see it though is in terms of decision making. I remember uh, a few years ago, we ran into a situation where there was a couple who had been together a number of years, right? And who uh, they had kids together and they had a new partner who had been there for like three, four months, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, under six months. Yeah. Under six months. And it turned into this huge equality thing because she didn't have an equal say in where the kids were going to go to school. Mm-hmm. So that and, and, and similarly, you know, we have seen a couple of these lately of like, well, if I'm dating this other person, I have to divorce you. So that's not equal. So time and decision making, I feel like are the two real big places that you see it pop up. Do you agree? Yes. And the problem is folks. Oh, go ahead. And one kind of like bullet down from time is activities and how that time is being spent. And sex. And sex. I mean, really, you could put it all under decisions, but I think. Yeah. I, I was just saying, like, there, there's definitely, like, under time, there's, like, equal sex and, you know. Equal so, sexual activities. Equal sexual activities and also, like, activities as far as, like, what you're doing for dates and going places and things like that. And so there's a couple problems here with this, folks, right? Which is, so I, I just want to start off and say that looking at your relationships in terms of equality is just a bad metric. And I don't care what the general wisdom may be on that, right? Because when you do that, when you're looking at things as far as needing to be the same, right? Number one, you're taking away from the awesomeness of non-monogamy, right? And building these custom relationships. But the bigger thing, I want to talk about this first, is it just, it doesn't work. Because people are different. And every situation is different. And every person has different needs. And every relationship has different needs. And when you're trying to make everything look the same, you aren't letting anything work in the way that it needs to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you end up creating, well, first off, you end up creating conflict in your own relationships, right? Because you aren't getting what you need or your partners aren't getting what they need. But you also end up creating like conflict between metamors. You mm-hmm. end up having the the other sides of the hinge kind of having tit for tat. And, you know, oh, if that one has this, then I'm supposed to have that. And going back and forth. And that's never a game that anybody wants to be in. Yeah, this is a good point. So folks, if you ever have been or are currently in a situation where it feels like you're keeping score, right? Like, um, well, they had two nights, so I had two nights. Or they got one blowjob, so I get one blowjob. Or they, like, 
that's never a good place to be. And it is definitely a sign that, because this is what happens, because when everything becomes about things being the same, then you have to keep score to see what's the same and what's not. And that's just a miserable thing. But the problem is it doesn't work, right? Because again, you're, you're not treating, you're not treating each relationship and each person as unique at this point. You're trying to, you're back to shoving, trying to shove people into boxes, right? And it winds up not being healthy because people aren't getting their needs met. They're keeping score. They're not focused on their relationship and what they want to need here. They're focused on this other relationship and what this person's getting, right? And so it just doesn't work. And it creates a ton of conflict and a ton of jealousy and maybe more than anything, an enormous amount of people's needs not getting met. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So there's that. That's the first thing. And then I think I think the second thing about it um, is it doesn't work well, is you're really taking away from a big piece of what makes non-monogamy special right? Which is the ability to have different relationships with different people based on where you're both at as people and in the world. Yeah. I mean, I can give our relationships an example. You and I have much more higher sex drives and need more time for sex. Amanda, not so much. And so like, if we were keeping tat for that, like that would get really, really stressful, really quickly. Actually, let's take this back. There was a point in time, not with Amanda, but with a previous partner where it did. Yeah. Do you remember? Like almost a decade ago, but yeah. Yeah, because we wanted everything to be equal and balanced. They had a much lower sex drive, so we just weren't having sex. Yeah. And that didn't work out well for anybody. A much lower sex drive. Much lower. Yeah. Didn't I say that? I think you said much higher. Oh, much lower. Much lower. Much lower. Um... And and the thing was, is that, like, it ended up being where our needs weren't getting met because we were like, oh, we don't want this person not to feel... Left out. Yeah. We don't want them to feel left out. We don't want them to feel like we're not being equal about things, right? So it turns into this sort of, you know, keeping score. Um, but it doesn't just go into just sex. I, I mean, sex is a glaring example, but, like, me and Amanda love to spend time doing things like cuddling and watching horror movies and going and getting ice cream. And I enjoy doing that weekly with Amanda. That is not something that you would enjoy doing weekly. And there's other things that you and I would enjoy. Like the other night we watched, you know, a new like sci-fi-ish kind of TV show. It was all right. It was all right. But we do like our sci-fi, which Amanda can't stand, right? So if I'm I'm sitting here like, oh, well, if I'm watching this with you, then I've got to watch this. And, and it goes down to even like activities. Like we're people who like to go out and do more hiking and walking and things like that. And trying to force people into those things doesn't work. One of the stories I like to tell about this Years ago, we were out with a couple of friends and uh, you know, they were married and he was talking about 
how he went and he had this amazing day with his one of his partners and how they went out and they picked apples and they went home and they spent like the whole afternoon like making vegan apple pie right and his wife like turns to us and goes this is why i don't understand why people get jealous she's like i mean i don't know what i was doing that day but it, was but it damn sure was better than making vegan apple pie right yeah. and i'm saying that kind of in jest and it's a funny example but you know one of the amazing things about non-monogamy is the ability to intersect with people with where your lives intersect with each other and where your personalities intersect and to custom build the relationships into something that work for you. And if you're focused on everything being equal, AKA the same, you are completely losing out on that entire piece. Yeah. And this goes into like the time thing. And I'll give this as like another example. I had a partner it was like one of the only other men that I've dated aside for you in like a lot of years. And he and I, right, we texted a few times a week. We saw each other for a couple months, like once or twice a month. Like, and that was it. And it was great because that's what worked for us. He had another relationship that like, you know, was, was more uh, time consuming, things like that. You know, I had this relationship here. Uh, with you and everything else. And it was great because we texted a little bit throughout a week and I saw him like once or twice a month for, you know, it wasn't a long, long relationship, but like that worked. Like that's what worked for what we had going on. And if I tried to make that relationship something where I was seeing that person more often or things like that, it wouldn't have worked just time-wise and things like that. So it would have been a relationship that could not have existed at all because it wouldn't have worked for us. So you're missing out on that, right? Um, and so I think that's that's the, the second piece of what doesn't work with that is, you know, having different relationships is a wonderful thing. Like I said, I mean, it is, it is really one of the benefits of non-monogamy. I mean, if you are going... If all of your relationships are going to be exactly the same, I mean, in some ways you might as well be monogamous, right? Because you're basically just having the same relationship three times instead of having three different relationships. And then you just have to juggle calendars and time. And I mean, and again, I'm saying this somewhat in jest, but really like having the ability to have those different relationships and to meet people where they're at and where you're at is a beautiful thing. You're missing out on all the potential that relationships really can have. And I, the thing is, I don't think people do this intentionally, but they're just not thinking about it, right? They're thinking in terms of equality is good. Therefore, this all needs to be equal, which means it must all be the same, right? And then the last problem that I think I really see in this, you know, we talk a lot of times about the places that people, when their relationships are off track and not working, the rabbit holes they go down that don't only keep them from solving the problem, right? It gives this like false sense of making progress, which is dangerous in and of itself because you're not, but not only not solving the problem, but actively making things worse, mm -hmm. right? And folks, there is 
we talk about this concept of relationship inertia. I'm not sure we've talked about it on the show for a while, right? But the idea behind relationship inertia is really simple. If you look at a time where your relationships are going really well and they're really amazing and you think of a time for yourself where your relationships were there and then something that kind of sucked happened, right? Um, You know, your partner was snappy or you had a bad day at work or your kids were really difficult that day or whatever. Chances are it's just kind of rolled off and you approach things as a team, right? Now, on the other hand, you can think of a time where your relationship was going really poorly and something that would otherwise be good happened. You had a cool day together, right? You hit a milestone, a holiday, an anniversary. Um, something good happened in your life. And chances are that instead of that bringing the relationship up, then that thing just kind of sucked, right? So our relationships have inertia. And they're always moving in one direction. They're either moving towards getting better or they're moving towards getting worse. And the further they go, right, like the better they get or the worse they get, the harder it is to turn them around and start moving them the other direction. This is why when your relationship is amazing, you can withstand a, you know, a blow, right, and things go fine. This is why when your relationship is awful, you know, you can have the best time in the world and A, it probably sucks to begin with, but B, even if it is good, it lasts like a day, Right. Or something as small as like someone putting a dish somewhere wrong can turn into like a huge giant blow up. Yeah. And so because of that, when your relationships are in a spot that you don't want them to be, there is always a cost to pay to doing something that seems helpful but isn't because number one, in the, in the time that you spend on that thing, that your relationship is not improving, your relationship is then getting worse. And again, the worse it gets, the harder it is to turn back around. And a lot of times for people, that breaking point comes as a shock, right? It's the straw that broke the camel's back where and, and, and all of a sudden everything's done, right? So there's always a price to pay for, for you know taking action that isn't actually fixing things. But along with that, I'll also say that when you're trying to do this, it usually isn't just that you are not fixing things by trying to use this approach instead of addressing the real problems. You're actually making things worse because as we said, when you start trying to shove things into boxes, people's needs start not getting met and you incur jealousy and arguments and all the above. You start compounding problems. You start off with like the the challenges that you have and now you're creating more. It's not just what was there. You're actually compounding it with people's needs not getting met, with people feeling jealous, with people feeling, uh, you know, that when we're getting crammed into a box, we feel it, right? That's just the way it is in our relationships. When we feel like we're having to be something or live away because of someone else, it doesn't typically go well. So it's, you already have the challenges, but what you're doing is you're actually compounding them. Well, because the, the solution you're trying to make becomes the problem, right? So, you know, uh, easy example of this is I have a partner who's not getting their time needs met. Okay, that's a little rough, right? But now if instead of fixing that problem through communication and negotiation and making sure people's needs are getting met, I just go, cool, you know what? I give my other partner three days a week. So if you're feeling bad about time, I'll give you three days a week. Okay, fine. But now I have the other partner, right, who is really pissed off because 
uh, you know, like their time needs are now not getting met in an even worse way. Because as I said before, you know, I have a newer partner, three days with them, right? Is not the same as three days with somebody who I live with and have kids and responsibilities with. And you're going right? to work. Yeah. So now it isn't just that I have people feeling their needs aren't getting met as far as time. And I also have somebody else who's like, oh, okay. So this new person, right? Clearly you care about them more than me because you're spending more fun time with them. And I guess on top of that, I guess I'm just becoming the boring partner, right? Because all your fun time spent with them and all our time spent doing life stuff. And we don't even have any connected time. And now we're drifting further apart. You, you, you've added to the problems that were there. And going into that whole like activity thing, because you're talking about time, activities, we see this all the time. It starts being like, we're not feeling connected. Well, it must be because me and my other partner are feeling connected because we're having sex. So now I'm trying to make us have sex the same way we're having, I'm having sex over here or doing the same things that I was doing with this partner over there. And rather than actually speaking to the needs of what that partner needs for connection and intimacy, you're now playing, you know, basically the role that you do in the other relationship. You're kind of bringing, okay, this is what I do here, over here. Well, and it's not just that, right? Because, you know, these are actually kind of smaller examples. But when you start getting into things like, um, I mean, you know, I, I know to some people this, well, I'm married to you and that's not equal, so I need to divorce you because I'm with this other person. I know that may sound like an out there example, but it is not. We've run across that a couple times in the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the, I'd say those are kind of the three biggest problems that I see, right. Is number one, it actively, you know, you're keeping people from getting their needs met, right. Which causes problems and conflict and jealousy and things like that. Number two, uh, as I said, you're just not taking advantage of one of the best things about non-monogamy. And then number three, most of the time people are trying to use this because you, Generally, don't just do that. Look, anytime we make a change, we're trying to solve a problem, right? You don't just do this to do it, right? And so people are looking at their problems that they're having, and instead of solving them in a way that's actually going to help, they're trying to make things look the same, right? Because again, well, things should be equal. Equality is good. This doesn't look equal, so therefore the problems here must be related to the fact that things need to be more equal and more the same, and now you're creating problems that weren't even there before. And usually you haven't even fixed the first problem to begin with because you didn't design your solution based on the needs that weren't being met. You just kind of beat it with a sledgehammer, right? So if those are like the myths around this, what is the truth and what is the way that people should be looking at equality and fairness, and decision-making, and how they're solving problems in their relationships? It's a couple different so, questions there. Don't feel the need yeah. to try and chunk so, it all I into mean, one I, answer. I think the first important thing is to recognize that while we want to treat people as equal humans with equal like relationship rights for where they are, our relationships do not need and probably shouldn't have sameness. Our relationships should be uniquely designed for that relationship, for where it's at. The, uh, the point at which that relationship and you are, you know, you and your partner are intersecting is where 
you should be making those decisions where things should be aligning and changing and how you form things like time and activities and the decisions that you make should be based on that unique relationship versus trying to make any any relationship have sameness. Yeah, I would I would throw the metric for so I would I would really encourage when you're looking at your relationships, right? I would encourage you to kind of toss out the word equality because it isn't a good metric. And I'm not even a huge fan of the word fairness, right? Um, I think fairness is important. Don't get me wrong. And I think it is a much more accurate term for what we should be looking for in our relationships than equality. But I don't think being like what's fair here is a particularly useful question because it doesn't actually get you an answer that gets you anywhere, right? I think the question that you should be asking when you're in these situations is what is the solution here that results in everybody being happy and healthy and getting their needs met, right? That is a much better question than equality or even than fairness. And I think that would be kind of the first paradigm shift that people need to make is to look at things and say, hey, you know, this isn't about equality, right? It isn't even really about fairness, but what is the solution that will lead to the people here being happy and healthy and cared for and, uh, and fulfilled in this relationship? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's the first piece. And then the second piece would be, I think embrace the differences, the non-equality, like embrace the differences in your relationships. Yeah, because let's face it, we typically are with more than one person because we enjoy the humans that they are, right? Like we're with the people that we're with because they are individuals, because they are different, because they are a human that we have decided that we want to spend our time and energy with. So embrace that and enjoy that human for the human that they are and the relationship that the two of you have created. I mean, look, going back to the point I made earlier, like I love Cassie, but if I wanted to date two Cassies, I would just date one Cassie twice the time, (laughs) right? Like the amazing thing about non-monogamy folks is that you get to, as I said before, intersect with different people depending on how your personality and your life intersects with their personality and their lives and who you both are as humans. And you get to build around that these custom designer kind of relationships. You get to build whatever relationships work best and enrich the lives of everybody involved like embrace that that's what makes the whole project and the time and balancing the calendars and navigating all of that that's what makes that worth it Mm -hmm. and then the last piece i think is don't ever try to fix the problems that you're having in your relationship by trying to make them more equal. Yeah. Leave leave sameness out of out of the equation when you're trying to find solutions. Right? Really look into the what is the current challenge 
and what is going to meet the needs of the individuals having that challenge. And folks, listen, like, here's the truth that I want you to understand about relationships. And I know, I know when you're in a spot where your relationship isn't going where you want and there's arguing or there's jealousy or there's upset or there's hurt or you're on the edge of losing that or losing your family, I know that just any straws that are there, you want to grasp them and understandably so, right? And I appreciate the draw of that. And I appreciate the draw of being like, hey, equality, boom, do that. Problems are solved. We're good, right? But here's the truth, folks. And I really need you to understand this because it is so important, right? You are never going to turn a relationship around or heal a relationship with one magic bullet, right? Like there is never one specific thing that like you can just do and then boom, your problems are solved, right? If that was the case, we would have one ever episode of the Touch of Flavor show. We wouldn't need to coach and everybody would just be good. Well, I shouldn't say that because they would still need help implementing the one thing because we're all humans and humans don't do the stuff we're supposed to do, right? But we would have one episode ever of the Touch of Flavor show, right? When things are going wrong in our relationships, there is always a level of it being more than one problem because our relationship, the things in our relationships, the communication, the sense of which we feel heard and seen, right? The sense in which we feel love, the security that we have, the jealousy that we feel, they're all intertwined, right? There's never just one challenge going on in a relationship. It's impossible for your communication to be absolutely horrendous and the security in your connection, your relationship to be amazing, right? It's impossible for the connection, your relationship to suck, but the sense that you two are going to remain together forever and not having jealousy and feeling fulfilled are all going to be great, right? There's never just one challenge and there is never just one thing to work on, one thing to put in place that will magically fix that. And you should never believe anybody who tells you that there is. I know so often like, oh, like, and in non-monogamy, it tends to be the communication or the jealousy, right? Oh, just fix the communication. If you just fix the communication, everything here, amazing, right? No other problems. All your other problems are going to be solved to go away, right? Or if you just learn to stop being jealous and you reach like that maximum poly level, all your problems are done. You will sail off into the sunset uh, on a rainbow and with no further problems and like everything will be solved. And the truth is this is like – the polyamory platypus, like platitudes, <laughs> platitudes polyamory platitude platypus. platypus, like stepping in, right? Um, and and being like, here you go, here's your platitude, and you'll see this over and over again. People will be like, just fix the jealousy or just fix the communication, just make things equal, just make things equal, and you'll hear that. And it's it's really, it's meant as like a good thing. Like I want to speak to those humans as like trying to be helpful. But the problem is, is that's not how relationships work. Our relationships are not just like this straightforward line. We have all these interlocking things going on 
because we're multidimensional creatures. Come on now, right? So with that, there's always those overlaps that you're talking about. There's always going to be the things that overlap each other, the intimacy and the communication and the feeling loved or jealousy versus the time we spend together. Those things are are linked and typically there isn't going to be one solution. And it certainly isn't trying to make your relationships the same. So with that, um, and folks, I'm seeing and thinking that we may have gotten out of sync a little bit this episode. So (laughs) apologies for that. We're going to publish it anyways because you guys need an episode to get out and we keep having all these experiments and going and I'm this one has been on point even if the video isn't exactly (laughs) in sync where we want it to be. So if I'm a little behind or like doing weird stuff, just close your eyes and listen. (laughs) So we will have to evaluate that for the next time. Super weird to be sitting across the table from you and to see you like a second later on your screen than you are here. So maybe it's, uh, maybe my computer's powerful enough to do it, but only for a certain period of time. I don't know. Might be time to upgrade the equipment. Might have be. to see. Look, MacBooks, man, they go forever, but it, it is a 2015 at this point. So um, with that being said, right? Here's the thing for people. Uh, getting back to the point that we were just making, if you're in a spot where you're having struggles, don't fall for like the one magic bullet thing. Like there is no one magic bullet. And when you chase that, right, as we said, it isn't just that you lose the valuable time and your relationship gets dragged downhill, but most of these things, you know, the conventional wisdom is almost always wrong. That's why it's a conventional wisdom. And if you look at non-monogamy as a whole, the unfortunate truth is conventionally, a ton of non-monogamous relationships break down, right? Most of the time, that one piece of conventional wisdom, that's the thing that you're focused on, that's promised to be the magic bullet, is not only not going to work, but it's going to damage things. So don't ever take that. Like when we work with our clients, this is why we talk and work on raising the level of the entire relationship at once, because that's the only way to do it. And just, like I said, don't don't fall for the one thing, right? Work on raising the level of your entire relationship. Do the work that it takes to do that. And don't ever fall for the like, false one thing promise because it will never work and it always causes way more problems than it's solved. And if you want our help to do that, that's totally cool. That is how we work with our clients. You can go to a touchofflavor.com forward slash talk and we're happy to help you and work you through that. And, you know, we'll get on the phone and come up with a plan. So you go to that page, uh, you'll go to our calendar, right? You'll pick a time that works for you and After that's done, you'll go to a little short application, fill that out, got a little bit of information that we need for your call, right, to get ready. But basically what will happen is uh, at the time you pick, somebody from our team will give you a call, right, and we'll go through and talk about what the problems really are in the relationship, uh, what your dream relationships would look like, and then what are the actual steps, not like the one magic thing, but what are the actual steps that it would take to close that gap? And to get you to your dream relationships. And if we can help you with that, we'll do that. If something else will point you in that direction, we'll do that. Right? But that way, no matter what, you get off the call with a ton of clarity around what the challenges are and what steps you need to take next. And you'll actually have a really solid plan instead of being scurrying for the next thing, next thing, next thing, next shiny thing that's promising to be the thing that fixes 
you know, the one change you need to make that fixes your relationship, right? So if you want our help to do that, touchflavor.com forward slash talk. But other than that, folks, I would say if there's one thing I wanted you to take away from this, um, it would be stop focusing on equality in your relationship. Stop using that as a metric, right? Focus on what is going to make the people in this relationship happy and healthy and fulfilled and is actually going to work and make your decisions based on that. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No, I think you covered it really well. And um, I think this was a great topic to cover and we uh, look forward to the next show. All right, everybody. So with that, you have an amazing day and we'll catch you the next time around. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We release new episodes every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you're ready to transform your relationship and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with us, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about an hour and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. What's really not working in your relationships, what your dream relationships would look like, and a step-by-step plan to close the gap and save your family even if nothing has worked before. We talk with hundreds of non-monogamous folks like you every year. And here's the truth. Building loving, thriving relationships, that doesn't happen on its own. You need expert guidance to make that happen. And unfortunately, when you are building relationships outside the box, that's impossible to find. And we get it. But that's exactly what we do. We've helped clients all over the world save their families, get the passion back, and become best friends again. So if you want to see if we can help you do the same, head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'm Cassie. And I'm Josh. Let's talk soon.